So, I think um, some of the memes, the songs fit into exactly what we're going to talk about today. This is part four of intentional thanksgiving, the way of peace. And when I say way of peace, it's your personal peace. Jesus is the prince of peace. We don't ask for more peace. Well, let me rephrase that. We don't ask for more peace. We already possess the entire peace of Christ in us. It's recognizing and accessing it that's sometimes hard. Sometimes there's so much noise in our lives that we don't take time to have peace. Uh, I'm going to briefly touch on the story from last week because we're also going to deal with the story today of Jesus. Um, we talked a little bit about him showing up late for his best friend's funeral. <laughs> and uh, uh, he was busy healing people. But as he was going, he was listening to his heavenly father. Every step he took, every move he made, he was, he was <laughs> I saw that smile. Um, it, it was a moment of abiding. He had his dial tuned to the frequency of his heavenly father at a very clear degree. It wasn't, he wasn't worried about what everybody else was thinking. All the agendas of our culture he was on the agenda of his heavenly father on a mission. Loving people, whoever was right in front of him at any given moment. He was walking peace so that when a crisis came, when a funeral was walking past him and a mother with her only child that was dead, he was already ready to be peace and love. I think that's something we struggle with today. We react to the negativity. We react to stuff going on in the news. We react to individuals that we, because th- we know what they're thinking, because we're just that smart. So when they say something, we already fully know their intent and what they meant and are likely very wrong. But having the sense of the peace of Christ in us, it, it makes us available to be loving and peace in all circumstances. Let's uh, take a look at this. Henry Nouwen, The Choice of Gratitude. Gratitude is a call, oops, did I, oh, I hope I messed that up. Gratitude is a quality of the heart. Gratitude is the awareness that life in all its manifestations is a gift for which we want to give thanks. The closer we come to God in prayer, the more we become aware of the abundance of God's gifts to us. Now, I want to pause there for a minute. I think prayer is also something that's misunderstood. If it is just the ritual of coming to church and doing the script or going through the motions, that is a level of prayer. But we're called to a much deeper level. That can include that, But there's more. There isn't a single item, one thing that says this is prayer. This is about communicating with your Heavenly Father, with Jesus living inside you. So the closer we come to God in prayer can imply, oh, if I want to be close to God, I have to pray. That's not what's being meant here. You can't get closer to God 
How close is in? I'd say it's pretty close. <laughs> it's the awareness again. Remembering Christ is in you, Colossians 1:27. It's the secret, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's when we pray that the clutter of busyness, because we probably shut out things and go to a quiet place and just have a moment of prayer, even if it's one minute, even if it's in the bathroom, even if it's going for a walk in that moment of talking, recognizing, de-stressing, sitting by the pool or by a fire, de-stressing can be prayer. It's the awareness of the closeness of God, not getting close to God. I don't want that to be misunderstood. We may even discover the presence of these gifts in the midst of our pains and sorrows. Jesse alluded to that earlier with that introduction to the song. Many of us have gone through some pretty tough stuff these last couple of years. Not even COVID. COVID was awful. It still is awful. Whatever you want to think of it, it doesn't matter. It's still causing difficulty, stress, and anxiety, you name it. But there are also personal things going on on top of that. There's still peace in the middle of those difficult times. The mystery of the spiritual life is that many of the events, people, and situations that for a long time seem to inhibit our way to God become ways of being united more deeply with him. What seemed a hindrance proves to be a gift. Now, this only works in hindsight. Because when you're in the middle of a really crappy situation, where you think you just got blindsided by something or someone, you got really hurt by something, it's like, the other person's evil, uh, right away, you know, I'm right, you're wrong. And, but in hindsight, we can begin to see even that circumstance, while it was bad, has almost like ricocheted us to a different path than we were on and created a picture of, oh my goodness, God can use all things? Don't disregard the pains in life, the redirects, the blindsides, God's working in each one, whether we like it in the moment or not. Usually we don't, but that's okay. That's just being honest. But it's there. Thus, gratitude becomes a quality of our hearts that allows us to live joyfully and peacefully, even though our struggles continue. That has been the theme the last number of weeks. Gratitude. It's really hard to crab and complain when you're being thankful, <laughs> I have yet to see it possible unless some smart aleck comes along and I can just see Rod try to do that. You know, watch this. I'll, I call, I'll call that a challenge. <laughs> but in all honesty, in our humanity, when a person is focused on difficulties, troubles, and things to complain about, guess what comes out? Crabbing. <laughs> You know what I was thinking of saying. <laughs> Crabbing, um, complaining, negativity. But when we realize who is in our life at any given moment, Christ in me, Christ in me, Christ in me, I almost want to give the Catholics a shout out. I have a rosary up in my office. What? You have a rosary? Yes, chill. Listen, the Catholics have more ways of expressing the presence of Christ than the um, Protestant church in many ways. 
They just do. And the rosary is one of them. It's become a ritual for some. But when you look at the heart of it, it's, it's a, the intentional touching of the, of the beads. And when you get to, a, a, I don't understand it fully, so sorry if I'm wrong. But as you go through the script, they do the rosary long-term care. And it's, it's a long thing to do. It's a lot of repetition. But there's an awareness. And some people carry a rosary in their pocket, put their hand in their pocket, and boom, rosary. Presence of Christ awareness. Like, they just have more of that kind of influence. We have our own. We just said theirs is all wrong, and we create our own. I like that sign. I just noticed that. Hope. And Rod and I talked about this last night. Hope Fellowship is here to bring hope. Not about crabbing complaint. There's room in, in mature ways to share concerns and pray and, and all that stuff. But if your life is about your problems only, it's time for a mature readjust. It is. I don't care who you are. And I'm speaking to me too. When it comes to recognize the awareness of Christ in us. And oh, Christ in the other person too. Shoot, that's harder to do. Because all we see is the hurt coming off of somebody. This is how we live. So, let's look at a story. And I'm going to read this from the uh, First Nations translation that came out about a year or two ago. Um, I, I looked at about four different translations yesterday, and I chose this one because I thought it said it better, but also you're going to listen because you haven't heard it like this before. <laughs> You know, you go to a service and somebody reads a scripture. Oh, I heard that before. Oh, Same thing. You're just like, Lord, my shepherd got it. You know, like, change it up a bit to cause listeners to listen. So let's, I want to read this to you because there's a big point to this story. This is a meal with a spiritual leader. A spiritual leader from the separated ones, the Pharisees, man named, uh, named uh, man who listens, that's what Simon's name is in this, invited creator sets free Jesus to a meal. So he went to his house and joined the guests at the table. There was a woman in the village, an outcast with broken ways, who heard that creator sets free was eating with a spiritual leader. So she went to the house and brought with her a small pottery jar of sweet-smelling ointment. She came up behind Creator Sets Free and began to weep at his feet. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them with her hair. Then she kissed his feet and rubbed the ointment on them. When the spiritual leader saw this, he thought to himself, if, let me read that again. When the spiritual leader saw this, he thought to himself, if this man were a true prophet, he would know who's touching him. He would see what kind of woman this is. An outcast. Creator sets free, knew what he was thinking, and said to him, Man who listens, or Simon, I have something to say to you. Wisdom keeper, he answered, say what you will. Two men were in debt to the same person. One owed him 500 horses, the other two buffalo hides. Neither of them had enough to pay him back, so he released them from their debt. 
Which one do you think will love him the most? Well, I suppose it would be the one who owed him the most. Ah, you've answered well, creator sets free, told him. Then he turned to the woman and said to man who listens, do you see this woman? When I entered your house, you did not offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not welcome me with a kiss, but this woman is still kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has rubbed sweet-smelling ointment on my feet. Now, let's pause. That was not in the text, this yellow stuff. That's my line, my thinking. I think what's going on here, Simon has this entitlement opinion, assuming an equality, raising himself up to something, because he almost tried to treat Jesus as an equal, as a co-leader-ish, but if he admitted all that, then he'd have to make himself lower. He has to stay above. This is about superiority. That's what religion is about. This happens when we see a duality, us versus them, I'm in, you're not. It's pure judging. It's awful. We do it every day. And Simon was judging. He judged Jesus. Yes, he wanted to understand what was going on and maybe have an intellectual conversation. Who knows what the motives were? But the story points out where things really are. We got to be careful we don't do that. It's easy to do that. We think we're We've learned. I, I understand grace so much more. Those people over there, they're just new to grace. And so, you know, we'll be patient with them. They're in the child level phase. Judging. Oh, yeah? You just revealed how much of a child you are. You're not as far ahead as you think. None of us are. And it's not about where you are. It's about being loving, not comparing. We compare so much. We compare with someone else. Oh, glad I don't have problems as bad as them. Oh, man, that's way over my head. Or they're so spiritual. I'll never attain to their level of insight with God. Don't kid yourselves. Start listening to everyone in their journey. You don't have to be a teacher, preacher, or anything like that, a ministry leader, if you want to call it that, to have a voice in the journey. We just haven't slowed down enough to have those conversations, which is why we're doing the barbecue. To create those meeting moments, you may not go deep today, but it creates afterward conversations that will continue. You know how you've heard that line that, oh, they're just surface people, surface relationships? Have you heard that line? Yeah, guess what? You need those. You have to have surface opportunities before you go deeper. Now, some people aren't socially aware of that, and they go deep right away. How are you doing? Well, my dog died, and and on they go, and they just share all their bleh, you know, comes out, and it's like, hmm, maybe maybe you could have had a filter first. (laughs) And then you should. Wisdom, which means, in the same way for them or everyone else, listening for the voice of Christ in the moment, not having your head so busy, so rushing. I do that too many times where I'm too busy and I have, my comments can be too short or curt or 
sound like I'm angry or whatever. I don't feel I am, but it comes off that way. And it's, God, darn, I hate that. Just recognize it. Let the Holy Spirit work on it. Because when you walk in that peace, your response is obvious to others. I remember years ago, I was having a hard time and getting all snappy. And it's only happened once or twice. But Lori said to me, Did you have your devotions? <laughs> Shut up. Yes, which is a lie. But. <laughs> But that, again, back then, that's how we, we, we saw the importance of quiet time, you know, because that helps you throughout the day. But the ridiculousness of that question and the honesty of it, too, is a reality check. Hmm. Let's finish. I tell you, she is forgiven and set free from her broken ways because of her great love. But Small is the love of the one who's been forgiven only for small things. Creator sets free, looked at her with kindness in his eyes. You are forgiven, he said to her. Pause here. The story is of two people. One had great debt, one had little debt. The Simon guy in the story, the religious leader, He thought that he was so self-righteous. He didn't have much to forgive. He's, oh, I'm close to God, and, and I'm holy. And this woman is an outcast. Maybe he didn't do many things wrong, but those things wrong, sorry, you take a glass and break it, The glass is broken. And here we have a woman with many things that she has misunderstood. Her sin was not knowing who God was, and she did not see herself as God sees her. No one told her. But something happened. She recognized pure love. And I think less religious people recognize true love faster than religious people, by far. As soon as you throw on a religious attachment or requirement, it ceases to be authentic love. You are forgiven, he said to her. Oh, wait, I I thought that happened at the cross. Do you ever think about that? Well, he said it on the cross too, and he hadn't even died yet. Father, forgive them. Wait a minute, he's doing this forgiving thing before the cross happened. What's with that? He did not need the cross to forgive. And yet the cross was used as a story of forgiveness. Just think about that for a little bit. It might rattle your cage if you're only told you're forgiven because once you say the prayer and it only happened after the cross, That's messed up. We've talked about that here many times. But if that's your paradigm of thinking, I hope I flick that a little bit and annoy it because it requires more thought, 
None of us have all the answers correct. None of us. We don't seek a leader, a pastor, teacher, to be the one we follow. We follow Jesus, and we listen to the Holy Spirit. My job is to point you to Jesus and teach us all how to listen to the Holy Spirit, and we each walk our lives of love. And for Hope Fellowship, we happen to be connected, and we love what we're learning and growing in, and that's what kind of is the glue. It's a relaxed place to unlearn and discover the mystery of the love of Christ. So he says you are forgiven. Well, that definitely kind of ticked somebody off. Watch this. The other guests at the table began to grumble to each other and say, who is this man who thinks he can forgive wrongdoings? See, they caught it too. Creator sets free, ignored them, and said to the woman, your faith in me has healed your broken ways. Go in peace. If you were here last week, what was the word healed? What does the word healed mean? What's the, what's the word? What's another word for healed? Saved. Yes, sozo. Saved, healed. It's the same Greek word. Go in peace. But the one line I really like, watch this. Jesus ignored them. <laughs> if you're on Facebook at all, you've definitely seen enough memes that say, hey, if this post offends you, just keep scrolling. <laughs> we don't have to give our opinion. I was thinking about this this week. It, it, social media has good to it. It is helpful. But it's also a toxic thing when used in harmful ways. If it's the platform for you just to speak your mind, then it's a terrible thing. Before we had social media and Facebook and all that, people kind of guarded their opinions a bit more, which means it wasn't the first thing out of their mouth because then it had time to churn and you kind of matured your perspective a little bit. You may have changed your opinion or stayed on the same one. But the immaturity of reacting is now a free-for-all online. It's not your job to correct people. Even, there were times where I was commenting on people's posts, you know, I thought they understood the, the way they phrased grace or whatever, and, nope, the Bible says this. Well, that's a couple years ago I stopped doing that because it never went well. not my job. And then when a crisis hit me, I learned from that crisis to stop trying to look over the shoulder of what's next of somebody I'm talking to and love who's here. Love Hope Fellowship, who's here. No agenda, no future plans, quit trying, and suddenly the stress level came way down. Maybe we can all learn from that. What can we learn? John 11, 41 to 43, it says, I forget which translation this is. I think it's the New Living. So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. Now, what's going on here? This is Lazarus. He's at the st he, he arrives at the tomb. Everybody's weeping. 
and he weeps with them. We talked about that last week. And then he says, go and roll a stone away. Could, could Jesus have said, stone, do your thing. You know, and move the stone. Yeah, he could have done that. And then he says, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. And then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out! Even Jesus thanked his father. I think we need to say thank you a lot more than we do. I think we need to express gratitude to others much more than we do. When you get a present, say thank you. Find a way to be grateful. When somebody compliments you, say thank you. You know, some, some people have a hard time getting a compliment. They'll go, oh, no, it's nothing. It's not. Just say thank you. There's something peaceful about that. Be grateful for your upbringing. Look back at people that have influenced you and thank God for them. When you're doing that, guess what you're not thinking about? All your little bickering and complaining ideas that have been triggering you. You're spending, let's say you have so much data in your cell phone plan. If you're spending it all looking at those negative sites and all your data gets used up, and wait a minute, where are you spending your bandwidth? Where are you spending it? Maybe just a moment of awareness will help us reset, and I think it's important. And then he shouted, Lazarus, come out. Now I've, I've wondered, because the next line says, and Lazarus came out, he was still bound up and all that. Sorry, this is one of the funniest parts um, to me. Um, but I was wondering, how did he come out? They didn't have hoverboards back then. And did he hop out? Like, that'd be hilarious. Like, just think of it for a minute. How did he come out? I... I just don't know, but it's very funny. And they took off those bandages. The death cloths that stunk. Don't wear those old clothes. Don't try to go back to the system of religion that causes bondage. Lazarus was raised to life. Oh, by the way, he did die again, just so you know. Well, then it was a temporary miracle. Doesn't matter, it was a pretty good miracle. Because it was at that point, listen carefully, it was at that point all the religious leaders said, that's it, we gotta take out Jesus and Lazarus because he's evidence and everybody saw it. Like this was the pinnacle triggering Calvary, okay? They began plotting a hit on them. Hmm. 1 Corinthians 10 in the message, 30 to 31. Plural, 31 to 33. So eat your meals heartily, not worrying about what others say about you. You're eating to God's glory, after all, not to please them. As a matter of fact, do everything that way heartily and freely to God's glory. At the same time, don't be callous in your exercise of freedom, thoughtlessly stepping on the toes of those who aren't as free as you are. 
I try my best to be considerate of everyone's feelings in all these matters. I hope you will be too. One of the greatest temptations when we are set free from bondages and rules is to flaunt and make a point. Look, I have learned this. And rub in the face of somebody who has not understood that freedom yet. That is still something we're learning. Because we really want to be in the know. We want to know more than the next person. We want to be on the right side of knowledge than the other people. We come into new knowledge, ooh, and we start telling everybody, thinking we're on the in crowd. It's us versus them again. If you've experienced the freedom, be gentle. Don't rub it in. Quit correcting other people. Quit demanding an expectation. That's you trying to control things. Stop it. We're not called to control anything. We're called to surrender. Oh, that part. (laughs) How do we do that? I think gratitude is one of the keys. I think there's something to walking in continual thanksgiving that opens a pathway to our soul, to our mind, to our heart of being teachable. And when we're teachable, then those things come to light. Then Jesus reminds us of what is already in us. And go, oh my goodness, I had it all along and didn't know. Those onions smell great. Oh, that means we're done. All right. Yeah, we're done. I, I, I'm going to ask you to just find your time this week. And I'm, I have to do this too. Find a, a time to be quiet with God. Say, Father, where have I been insensitive? And where am I too busy in my mind? I don't like hurting people, especially my family. I think my, I have a good heart, but dang, sometimes it does not manifest itself properly. And I think the peace of Christ in us will tell us. And you might be surprised the message of love he'll give you. (laughs) Heavenly Father, thank you that Christ lives in us. That Jesus is never far away. There is no near far game that's played. There is no distance. We are one with Christ. Just we're not aware of it. So Father, as that awareness hits and we find the value we are and have in you, oh my goodness, maybe we can live as valued individuals, not broken. We have broken things in our lives, but that is not our identity. Our identity is loved, holy, pure, one with Jesus. Teach us our true identity. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.